Chapter Twenty Two of A Little Queen of Hearts. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Ruhi Huck. A Little Queen of Hearts by Ruth Ogden. Chapter Twenty. Dorothy calls Marie Celeste to account. Marie Celeste, here is a letter for you and it is the third one you have received under cover of direction to me and if i am not mistaken i recognize the handwriting on this one i believe it is from theodore harris marie celeste with a meek little thank you simply took the letter from dorothy's extended hand and marie celeste dorothy continued you are not showing them to your mother they come enclosed in these envelopes and that is so that she shall not know that you received them i suppose yes miss dorothy but with her mind quite intent on the letter and therefore rather absent-mindedly well then do you know i believe i shall tell her oh miss dorothy with all the absent-mindedness gone in a minute and with gravest approach in the dark brown eyes you wouldn't you wouldn't do that why my dear child i almost feel as though i ought to it is such an uncommon thing for a little girl of twelve to be in surreptitious correspondence with at least three different people for there has been a different hand on every letter it seems wrong to me to be helping on such a mysterious proceeding with no idea whatever of what it all means miss dorothy said marie celeste i am in a great big secret that's all but i do wish i do wish very much that you were in it too which was indeed the truth for this not being able to talk over matters with anybody was almost more than she could longer endure well don't you believe it would do to take me in then said dorothy rather entreatingly i confess i would like to know what theodore harris is writing to you about and besides it doesn't seem fair to put too much upon a little girl like you you seem to be thinking so hard so much of the time they are pretty nice thoughts though marie celeste replied as you'll see when i tell you because i've about decided to tell you i think it's right too and i don't believe they'll mind and i'm going to the house to bring the other two letters and read them to you it will make you happier than anything you ever heard and marie celeste spoke truer than she knew meanwhile dorothy sat gazing out over beautiful lake coniston wondering if she were really doing the right thing in persuading marie celeste to confide in her and unable to arrive at any decision she was sitting on a little rustic seat down by the water's edge which marie celeste with her passion for exploring new surroundings had discovered the evening before and almost immediately upon their arrival at the waterhead hotel it was here that dorothy had counted on finding marie celeste and it was here that she was left alone with her thoughts while marie celeste ran off on her self-imposed errand it was a beautiful little sheet of water that lay there at her feet with its densely wooded banks and its wilderness still uninvaded by civilization and just across the lake the setting sun was crimsoning the chimneys and pointed gables of the only house upon that farther bank it is this home that lends its own special interest to the little lake for it is the home of that grand old idealist ruskin it is just such a home as you would know that wise philosopher would choose 
far from the haunts of men and all the devastating improvements of the age a grand place too to work you think and then you recall with a sigh that the light of that glorious mind has well nigh gone out neath the weight of physical weariness and infirmity and then the solitary home begins to look a little like a prison in your eyes as you realize how glad its inmate would be to exchange it for the palace of that king whose divine intent for the world he has so marvellously interpreted for us all in the days when soul was still master of land and brain but there was no room in dorothy's mind just then for musings either on nature or ruskin and it is to be feared that the dancing blue of the water and the purple shadows on the hills and golden glow of the sunset made little impression on her wholly preoccupied mind what could theodore harris be writing to marie celeste about and who could the other two letters be from those were the absorbing questions of the hour and at last marie celeste is back again on the little seat beside her ready to unlock her precious secrets and with the three mysterious letters spread one upon the other open in her lap now think a moment marie celeste said dorothy seriously are you sure it is perfectly right to tell me but you said you'd tell my mother if i didn't laughed marie celeste oh no dear i didn't put it quite like that i only wondered if perhaps it was not my duty but i know from what you have already told me that everything is all right you see i did not quite like to have a hand in anything so very unusual without being taken just a little into your confidence you remember when the other letters came you scampered off in the most exciting fashion to read them all by yourself somewhere and then never opened your lips about them afterward so that i could not help feeling that it was a very queer proceeding and that i really ought to look into it yes i understand perfectly miss dorothy and ted says right here at the end of his letter tell miss allen all about the things if you think best and of course that settled matters beautifully quieting the last little suggestion of a compunction on dorothy's part now the best way to tell you marie celeste began will be to read the letters the first one is from donald london august twentieth london marie celeste wait miss dorothy it will explain itself smiling with delight at the pleasant surprises contained in those three precious letters london august twentieth my dear friend you know donald has to begin that way because he didn't like to say marie celeste and so never called me anything you'll be surprised to find i am in london and what is more that i have come to london as a valet for a gentleman and the gentleman let me tell you is your cousin mr harris you know we grew to be good friends all those weeks together down at the hartleys at nuneham do you mean to say interrupted dorothy for the letter was not explaining things quite as fully as might be desired that donald has actually been staying in the same cottage with theodore you knew about ted's accident didn't you miss dorothy ted said you did that your brother had told you yes i knew about that but i did not know where it happened or where he has been staying all these weeks you've heard me talk about chris our postman haven't you who came over on the steamer with us yes certainly well then if you will believe it it was just by his grandfather's cottage just outside of nuneham where the accident happened and they're the people who've been caring for him and then when donald went down there to work on the farm 
of course he discovered him and then when i went down the other day from oxford i discovered him too and poor ted's had a very hard time to keep his secret but harold was with you marie celeste said dorothea eagerly does he know too no harold doesn't know it's all on his account that there's any secret about it now you know ted wants to prove to harold that he means to do the right thing before he lets him know the worst there is about him he means to tell him everything some day and then marie celeste proceeded to narrate at length her unexpected encounter with ted under the apple tree so that dorothy gradually came to a clear comprehension of how matters stood and marie celeste was free once more to let donald speak for himself and what we came up to london for continued the letter was to see a gentleman about some business matters and the gentleman we wanted to see was mr belden your rich old bachelor friend you know and who did he prove to be but a mr selden mr theodore's own uncle his name was printed belden by mistake on the passenger list and when mr selden made friends with you that first day out and found out that you were going to visit his nephews at windsor he didn't tell any one it was wrong because he didn't want you or your father or mother to know who he was what did i tell you marie celeste interrupted dorothy with a little air of superiority that time you told me about him in st george's i knew it must be the same man but miss dorothy ever since this letter came i've been wondering why he didn't want us to know who he was because he has chosen forever so long not to have anything to do with any of his relations for fear they'd bother him i suppose well he's gotten over that said marie celeste you'll see when i read his letter and dorothy looked as though she thought wonders would never end which was exactly the way marie celeste wanted her to look and would have been vastly disappointed if she had not land knows read marie celeste resuming the letter why he wants to be so mum about things that's his own affair of course but he's been awfully good to us and he has fixed us up some matters that were bothering your cousin a great deal just beautifully all the time he doesn't look a bit well marie celeste and he's a sad sort of man it seems as though he had something on his mind but he's not going to let anybody know what it is that isn't his way we've been in london now nearly a week stopping in lodgings in the same house with mr selden we've had to stay because of the business matters but to-morrow we're going down to oxford to see some things there and then in a day or two home to the little castle you see i've been able to make myself real useful to mr harris because you know he's not over strong yet and accustomed besides to having a valet which is what i happen to be at present but it's not going to be for long and between us marie celeste i'm not sorry i half believe that father of mine that i don't know anything about must have been a sea captain there are times when it's all i can do to keep from running away from everything and put into sea again as fast as ever i can on my old tub that'll take me but of course i really wouldn't do anything to mean so mean and all told i have had a beautiful summer chris has decided to go back to the states on the majestic sailing the first of october and i'm to take my old place on that trip too it seems as though you all ought to be on board with us couldn't you get your father to bring it about somehow 
phew what a long letter i have written the longest in my life and i never wrote more than half a dozen anyway don't stay away too long it's going to be rather lonely at windsor without you all and there isn't so much time left now won't mr harold be surprised to find his brother in the little castle ready to receive him mr theodore's getting to be a brick i can tell you good-bye as long as your people are not to know what's in this letter mr harris tells me to put it in an envelope addressed to miss allen yours truly donald so much for donald and marie celeste pausing to catch her breath hesitated to which of the other two letters to give the preference i think i'll read theodore's next miss dorothy because it's the latest but really donald's the most interesting of the three this letter is from windsor and it was written only yesterday morning it is dated the little castle dear little cuz it says here i am you see and i assure you that i have kept my promise to the letter and have come home as soon as ever i could why were you so anxious to make him promise that asked miss dorothy wonderingly why because home's the best place for him don't you think so he has not been there half enough these last few years and besides that's where he belongs but having the little castle all to himself probably does not seem home-like suggested dorothy sympathetically yes yes that's just what he says laughed marie celeste so that dorothy thought her a little trifle-hearted and now i'll begin over again dear little cos here i am you see and i assure you i've kept my promise to the letter and have come home as soon as ever i could but home doesn't seem a very cheery sort of place when all your relatives are off on a lark and on your own break at that and you must fain content yourself with the companionship of your valet he's a fine little valet however marie celeste and he tells me that he has stolen my thunder in a long letter he wrote you from london so you know all about my going in search of your friend mr belden and finding in his place my uncle mr selden well this letter is just to tell you what i told you once before you remember and that is that you are my good little angel no matter how bad you may have been for three whole days together and to ask you not to forget that there is rather a lonely little fellow here at windsor who hopes you are having a good time but who honestly thinks that the sooner you come home the better tell miss dorothy about the things if you think best but don't paint me any blacker than you feel you really have to yours faithfully theodore well i haven't painted him very black have i said marie celeste complacently but dorothy was far too absorbed in her own thoughts to make any answer and marie celeste looked at her a little curiously wondering what was going on in her mind perhaps you'd rather be left to yourself she added half mischievously after a minute more of unbroken silence oh no you needn't paint him black at all for dorothy was able instantly to bring her thoughts back and say what was expected of her this other letter explained marie celeste looking askance at the note in her hand is rather spoony i don't believe i'd better read it mr selden write a spoony letter that's impossible exclaimed dorothy who thought she knew her man as the saying goes whereupon marie celeste of course straightway read the letter in order to prove her premises reform club london august twentieth they tell me dear marie celeste and they means of course 
your cousin theodore and donald that you are taking a drive tour through the english lakes and that if i should address a letter to you care of miss dorothy allen no one would be any wiser and that's just what i've done you see for reasons of this own your cousin theodore seems to prefer it you know already that this same cousin theodore has been here in london several days with me and as a result we have had many a long talk together but you do not know perhaps that we came to the conclusion that your coming to england this summer had been just the best thing that could have happened to both of us likely as not you do not exactly understand how that can be and it is as well perhaps that you should not only take my word for it that it is true and ask no questions this much however i will tell you ted said to me one day i can tell you one thing uncle everett it was a talk i had with my dear child under an apple tree down at nuneham that made me feel that some people whom i care a great deal for still had faith in me and it was she who gave me courage by what she told me to go home as fast as ever i could get there and then marie celeste what do you suppose i said to him well i just told him that the same dear child had preached me two blessed sermons one on the deck of the majestic and the other exactly where a sermon should be preached beneath the roof of dear old st george's and that what there was left of my life was going to be set in a new key this letter will not make you proud marie celeste i know only very grateful and one day i believe you will understand better than it is possible for you now to understand to-day how even in this world that a little child shall leave them you must write and tell me when you are going home for somehow or other i must contrive to see you before you go and what is more i mean to seek out a chance for a good talk with your father and mother yours faithfully everett belden and you call that a spoony letter marie celeste you ought to be ashamed of yourself and dorothy tried to look the reproach she felt the occasion called for i only meant miss dorothy that it said some nice things about me oh is that all well then i'll forgive you but that is not what people usually mean by spoony and dorothy putting her arm about marie celeste they strolled up to the house together and you understand don't you dear that i did not mean to force your confidence in any way only it did seem so mysterious oh yes i understand perfectly and you understand too miss dorothy how i would have told you about it long ago if i thought i could and everything at last being mutually understood there was happily no need for further explanations End of chapter twenty